three different neighborhood groups got together and said, you know, Portland has an extensive network of neighborhood greenways and Vancouver does as well. I'll be calling something different. You know, why don't we have that sort of facility type in Seattle where people can bike and walk on non-arterial neighborhood streets that are calmed and safe to walk and bike on and get you across those busy streets safely. So that was the, the genesis of the organization and we were successful in getting that into the Seattle Bicycle Master Plan and getting that plan updated so it had a more holistic focus on people of all ages and abilities. You know, we really learned that Seattle needed more than just neighborhood greenways. So while we've kept the name Seattle Neighborhood Greenways, our scope has expanded to really trying to make every neighborhood a great place to walk, bike, and live. So this is Gordon Paddleford with Seattle Greenways. You had a victory recently, right? The community package passing is probably our biggest, most recent victory. We got together with some affordable housing advocates, park advocates, and some other transportation allies, and formed a community coalition to push for a fair deal out of a convention center expansion that's happening in Seattle. It's the biggest real estate deal in Seattle history, and as part of that, they're using some public right-of-way to build the building. And so we got a group together and have been convening and working to really get probably the strongest package of community investments from any development in Seattle history out of it. So we got $83 million for affordable housing and walking and biking improvements and parks and open space in the surrounding neighborhoods. So, yeah, we're really excited about that. Wow. But your mission is narrower than that, isn't it? I mean, affordable housing is... It is narrower than that. We really focus on making every neighborhood a great place to walk, bike, and live. So we generally focus around, you know, walking and biking as being the catalyst for a lot of that. But, you know, Seattle's facing an affordability crisis, and as we're growing really rapidly as a city, we're also facing uh, a lack of public open space. So it was sort of a natural alliance of organizations we got together, and we're able to do more together. Rather than fighting over scraps, we were able to get a fair deal for Seattle. Was this part of a coalition? Yeah, I meant to say um, it was us and affordable housing groups and park advocacy groups and community and transportation groups. There's about eight of us, different organizations that got together and formed a, a coalition called the Community Package Coalition. So you got a greenway? We didn't actually build any neighborhood greenways out of it. There's going to be protected bike lanes connecting downtown to the neighborhood just east of downtown, Capitol Hill. We got a Wooner, you know, a park-like street that's going to be built on First Hill, which, for those who don't know, is the, it's a really dense neighborhood, also adjacent to downtown, does not have enough parks and open space and has an increasingly aging senior population and a bunch of our hospitals. And then also funding for affordable housing, which is a major crisis in Seattle. Hmm. I'm sorry, what is a greenway again? You know, a a neighborhood greenway, I think the League for American Bicyclists is now calling them neighborhood bikeways or something, but that was a name that was crafted in Portland, and in 2011, 
three different neighborhood groups got together and said, you know, Portland has this extensive network of neighborhood greenways and Vancouver does as well. I'll be calling something different. You know, why don't we have that sort of facility type in Seattle where people can bike and walk on non-arterial neighborhood streets that are calmed and safe to walk and bike on and get you across those busy streets safely. So that was the, the genesis of the organization. And we were successful in getting that into the Seattle Bicycle Master Plan and getting that plan updated so it had a more holistic focus on people of all ages and abilities. But since then, you know, we're really trying to embed our organization in the different communities we work in as much as possible. We have these essentially local chapters of neighborhood groups around the city, and they are volunteer-run, and they're out there talking with their community groups and other community members and trying to really get at what the challenges that those different neighborhoods are facing. And in the process of doing that, you know, we really learned that Seattle needed more than just neighborhood greenways. So while we've kept the name Seattle Neighborhood Greenways, our scope has expanded to really trying to make every neighborhood a great place to walk, bike, and live. Is that like a complete street? A neighborhood greenway? Yeah. Complete streets are usually referred to arterial streets, is my understanding, although the the guy who coined the term complete streets is on our board, so I'd have to hmm. check in with him exactly what his definition is. But my understanding of complete streets is that it's usually applied to main streets and thinking about how do you make space for all modes? And a neighborhood greenway is on non-arterial streets where it's really about local car access. It's not about moving significant numbers of cars through. So in that vein, it's about sort of reprioritizing some of those non-arterial streets for walking and biking and really calmed living next to them. So, you know, if you were to come to a neighborhood greenway, in Portland or Seattle or Vancouver, what you'd see right now is you'd, you'd find signage along the way pointing you to libraries and parks and community destinations. You'd find markings on the street in the form of sharrows, for those who are familiar with what a sharrow is, leading you along the route because, you know, Seattle's hilly, so they often have to turn and try and find the easiest way up some of our hills. And you'd find stop signs on the streets that are crossing the neighborhood greenway to have people driving stop and look both ways and really prioritize traffic along the neighborhood greenway. But the result of that prioritization means that sometimes drivers can use it as a through route, so we don't want that to happen. So uh, speed humps are installed to keep speeds low, and sometimes diverters are installed, which is just you know a planter box or a little concrete median to keep that car traffic volumes low on the street, so it's a safe and calm environment for everyone. It's a bunch of uh, different things. It's all the things you mentioned and probably some more. Different cities around the U.S. and around the world have a similar street type, and everyone does it slightly differently, and it evolves. Seattle's toolbox that it has crafted has, I think, become pretty well-defined, but you know, we would like to see the city increase the amount of trees and green stormwater infrastructure and diverters on these neighborhood greenways. But by and large, the toolkit's pretty similar. It's signage and directional markings on the ground and stop signs and speed humps. And then at busy intersections, those lights, you know, you push a button and some red lights flash or 
yellow lights flash to help you get across those busy streets. Those are the sort of essential elements of a neighborhood greenway in Seattle. Portland and Vancouver have a lot more green stormwater infrastructure and diverters built into their neighborhood greenways, which is something we'd like to see here implemented as well. And so what's the process for getting these installed? Seattle has a bicycle master plan. You know, we have a plan for how the city is going to grow and change, and we're going to build out our transportation network. And one part of that is the bicycle master plan, and that lays out like 240 or so miles of potential neighborhood greenways. And the city has funding through a property tax levy called the Move Seattle Levy and funding from other sources as well, like real estate development. We don't have an income tax here in Washington State, so that limits uh, the amount of tax revenue we can bring in. Um, And so with the plan and with the funding, the city goes out and they will talk to the community about where they would like to go, what streets are hard to cross, what are some of the challenges of potential options, and then they will come up with a preferred option and then go out and construct it. And that process usually takes about two years, sometimes three years, to go from idea all the way through construction. And so you've put in a few of these? As an organization, we are just a little nonprofit, and so we're advocating for safe streets. And one of the tools to make safe streets is a neighborhood greenway, but we're not in the construction business. That's all the Department of Transportation here in Seattle. Well, I didn't really mean that you were putting in the stop signs personally. (laughs) I mean, you've lobbied for these things and they've happened? Yeah, a bunch have gone in now. We're still catching up to Vancouver and Portland, which started gosh, over a decade and a half earlier building out their networks, but um, the city is implementing them and has a goal to try and build uh, 50 or 60 miles over the next nine years as part of the Move Seattle levy. So there's quite a few being built around the city. You see the difference? Yeah, where they've gone in, usage has gone up dramatically on the street after they've gone in. The city has bike counters on a number of the neighborhood greenways and they've seen those numbers go up dramatically. They don't have as good pedestrian detection technology yet, but from what we have seen, it's been they've been really well received everywhere they've been installed. You know, a few of them need some tune-ups here and there, but by and large, it's been a pretty successful program. So you're keeping pretty busy looking at all these, how they're working? You know, the city's in the process of evaluating their neighborhood greenway program, and we've sent them some comments about things we... Things should be upgraded, you know, for instance, in a part of Seattle called West Seattle, there is a neighborhood greenway that runs north-south, and it has a staircase in the middle, and obviously for folks in wheelchairs or with a stroller or a bike, that's really not accessible. So we've been working with our local chapter out in West Seattle to try and advocate for that greenway to be upgraded. And there's, you know, a smattering of other challenges with some other neighborhood greenways around the city. But, you know, by and large, we're out there in the communities trying to figure out how we can encourage more people to get around by walking and biking. And neighborhood greenways are one great tool to do that. All right. Well, thanks, Gordon. And uh, keep us up to date. And you're at seattlegreenways.org and you're probably everywhere else on the internet. Yep, seattlegreenways.org, or you can follow us on Twitter at SN Greenways, 
And we'd love folks to uh, get involved. If you're listening in Seattle, we really are a people-powered movement. And, you know, we're not just working on neighborhood greenways. We're working on sidewalks and building a basic bike network and trying to build safe places for everyone to walk, bike, and live. So really welcome anyone's support and anyone's involvement. Thanks, Gordon. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.